Hi guys, and welcome back to the Coffee and Foils podcast. I'm your host, Simone, and I'm so grateful to have you here. On today's episode, I talk with my guest Kat about her thick and mysterious hair and how time after time she left the salon dissatisfied and wishing the outcome was different. Aside from Kat never really getting the change she had hoped for, she was also met with high salon prices, leaving her in a little bit of sticker shock. Stay tuned to hear how a little more transparency about not just the expectations, but also the cost of getting your hair done could change the client experience. Hi, Kat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited too. I had to do a little bit of stalking to get you on here because you're not the greatest at answering text messages. So (laughs) So I'm clearly very excited to have you here because I was relentless. So today we are going to talk a little bit about like what kept you from committing to one person with your hair Mm -hmm. um, and how because of, I guess, disappointment, the prices always were shocking to you. So you Yeah, can- absolutely. So it's, it is definitely uh, kind of, a, I think, a unique story f- for me in some ways because I have what always feels a little bit like impossible hair. It's thick. There's a lot of it. And I think, as I've said, sometimes I'm sort of what I think might be the worst client because I don't always know what I'm asking for. I usually want something that's different. And then I don't really know sometimes why I'm unhappy. So as you can imagine, that's a tremendous amount of fun to to work with. And I think pricing is always a part of it because I would say all the stylists that I've been to are never doing a bad job. I don't leave my experience being like, I hate this ever. Um, It's usually probably what I asked for, right? And I just don't always feel like the, the, the punch or the impact is there. And I think part of that is just my hair um, sort of magically, weirdly, always looks a little bit the same, no matter what I do to it. And a lot of my hair conditioning for myself has been like, I'm blonde, I'm just going to put this dark fox dye on it. Because I tend to be a person who likes to see something dramatic happening. Um, And then when I'm going up and, you know, salon prices are adult prices, right? That's like real adult non-box dye price. And then they're like, here's your total. And I'm not unhappy, but I'm not like, oh my God, this is best. Um, and then I, 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 you know, it's hard. And then I think it's hard to kind of go back and be able to say like, well, this is what I wasn't happy with because I'm not sure what I wasn't happy with. I know that maybe sometimes the, um, the cuts not, doesn't look that different or the color sort of is great or good even, but not, you know, exactly something that I feel like I would want to maintain for the rest of my life. With your very large mountain of hair. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like your hair, I know you might not be able to describe your hair color perfectly, but I'm going to do it because I'm looking at you. Um, it's kind of what I would call like a dirty blonde where it's light brown, dark blonde. And sometimes that's the hardest to see a big change on because it's not like you're going from really dark brown to really light blonde. Um, even like one or two shades lighter than what you have is like almost as light as you can go and not that drastically different. And because you also have so much hair, I would imagine that you sit in the salon chair with 900,000 foils in your head and sort of walk out looking the same. Yeah. And 900,000, I think would be sort of an understatement sometimes (laughs) in terms of the volume. And people are work, and I always have the same experience where I'm like, this person is working so hard they are really going for it. And I think that that um, really is, is, is so wonderful because I see um, in, in many, I'd say most of my cases where stylists really are trying to figure out from their own perspective, but it is such a weird, um, ex- and I don't think I've ever met anyone else who has this experience where I just say like, I went and I sat for X many hours and 
it looks good. I mean, I, I look much more managed as a human and a functional adult. Um, so it's good. It's definitely what I need to do for maintenance. But yeah, like I said before, I don't think I've ever walked out and been like this color or this cut is so remarkable that I feel like I want to do this over and over and over again. And part of that's also because I'm a little bit of a restless hair color or two. I like to do things because I like to see the change and because sometimes I get a little bored myself. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's hard because even if it's pretty or, or even beautiful, because it is a color that I love, sometimes after a few sessions, I'll say, yeah, I really, really want to do maybe the opposite of what we've been doing for a while. And of course, that's an investment and that takes time. Um, and, and again, price-wise, right, because of the, of the cost of sort of going backwards or going in a different direction, those, you know, that can become quite a, quite a spend, especially to do it well and to not box dive myself into a corner, which yeah. I've done. Uh, and, and, you know, like not recently though, like college, early twenties box dive fiasco. Yeah. I can imagine how much fun that would be to fix. <laughs> I'm sure you in, in a way diff, very different than me when I put that on my head and don't even consider how difficult it's going to be uh, to fix it sometimes. Um, so just to clarify, so you kind of like hopped around from stylist to stylist or salon to salon um, because regardless, you felt like really no matter what you asked for, which was most likely because you weren't asking for anything specific, right? Right. Uh, you ended up feeling the same. Mm -hmm. So it was never an issue of like you not connecting with somebody or not getting like the right service or not feeling like they worked hard enough. It was just like, this is my hair. I have so much hair. Kind of sucks sometimes. I want to feel different. <laughs> I don't feel different. That was $1 million. Let me try something yeah. different. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the additional part of it is I'm, I'm generally a, a relatively like low maintenance person. I don't have like a hair routine or aesthetic or things where I would um, come in and, and I think really know all of the right things to ask for, right? So I think when I come in and I'm saying like, I want it to be right like, right like the sun or shorter, or um, I just, I, it's not something that I uh, know that much about. And I think sometimes um, the person that, I, that I'm connecting with the most or the stylist that I'm connecting with the most is is sort of trying to fill in the blanks, right? Like, what does that actually mean? Um, you know, and, and to be able to say like, well, I really like these pieces or for them to ask like certain things inside of that first few minutes where you're doing your consult, that's where I can usually tell, you know, there are some people that I've stayed with, um, like my current stylist, and there was one other person when I was living in Brooklyn who I went to more than once. But I think part of the, part of the struggle with that really truly was the sticker shock, the price in that salon. She took me from, I want to say I was like relatively blonde and then I wanted to be a redhead. And like, we went down like a very like long street together that ends up being pretty expensive, you know? And then for me, not really knowing and sort of like my lack of being exposed to something that high maintenance, like how much work it takes to maintain a red, right? That was a brand new experience for me. So I did love, I remember loving it. And then pretty quickly, probably not caring for it the right way. And then, you know, feeling like, wow, that was so expensive. I'm going to have to keep going back and redoing that, which I now know because my very patient current stylist, right, has explained very many more things for me to understand that I can do glazes and things, right? But that was sort of my, the limitation for me in that I paid so much for that service and I felt like I didn't really understand how to maintain it. I didn't really understand what I was going to need to do in order to maintain it. And then, you know, whatever, I forget. <laughs> there are so many people. It feels like a bad dating history. Um, <laughs> like I, I can't even remember why I didn't go back to her. Maybe I was embarrassed. I could have been embarrassed. I feel like that was part of that story. Like I was a little bit embarrassed that I didn't really know how to maintain it. And then to go back when someone has worked so hard on something and be like, look what a mess I made of the beautiful thing that you did. <laughs> um, yeah. But over time, I feel like I just probably started again somewhere and was like, let me learn that red is not for me. Um, but I have also since then been red successfully. So I think that it really depends on my, ab my ability to like ask the right questions, to feel like 
I'm, I'm becoming more of an expert in, in my own hair. And I feel like that's finally the place that I'm in now um, with the person that I work with, because I feel like that investment um, and them under, understanding how to create with the mass of hair, the type of visual change that I'm looking for and temporary change sometimes that I'm looking for. Um, yeah, but that was a long journey. And I often think of that lady who did that red hair. She worked real hard. She really did. <laughs> she really did. I hope she's all right. <laughs> she's probably in a much better place without your massive amounts of hair. <laughs> <laughs> it probably saved a lot on foils since I've been there. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really kind of fascinating journey. And even though, you know, I can, I can tell you with like confirmation that there are so many people out there with the amount of hair that you have, like, but there's a difference and that's yeah. what I'm about to explain. So when someone like sits in my chair and they're like, oh my God, my hair is so thick. It's going to take you so long to do it. Or my hair is so fine. It's so hard to get volume or whatever their issue is. Oh my God, I have so much frizz. Please help me. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're, they all act like they're the only ones in the world that have the issue because all you know is your own hair. Right. But I know a lot more hair than just <laughs> my right. hair or the person that's in my chair. So nine times out of 10, when someone says that they have like an issue, I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. And it's like not. Like their hair is like not that big of a deal to you more because often you're the expert, very right? average. Yeah. <laughs> so like I've had people sit in my chair with a ton of hair and it's, it seems like it would be hard to get like an impact in their hair and then it's not. And very few times there's someone who sits in my chair who has a lot of hair and it seems like a normal amount of a lot of hair. And then suddenly it's not like, I know what you're talking about when like the hair kind of like eats all the work. Like, so, like I do it so much work. Right. And then at the end, I'm like, where did it go? And like, <laughs> they know I did a lot of work because their head weighed 8 million pounds. I know I did a lot of yeah. work. They've been in the salon for four hours. Their bill is obviously $1 million, like right. everything you're saying, and it's gone. So I just want to like clarify that for whoever yeah. may be listening, that some people think that they're really unique. And they're not with their hair. <laughs> not that special. And I hear some it. People do have a little bit of a different situation going on. And yeah. I do believe that Kat is one of those people. Um, yeah. And you know what's interesting? Because I think it wasn't even until really recently that somebody had really even explained that that's what's happening. So if you imagine sitting in a chair with all those foils and the time, right? And they're checking and the time, like it's almost about learning. For me, it's been about like learning to manage my expectations, learning what my hair was really doing, right? Because I've seen my sister and my friends and they all got, right? Like that whole experience is different. But when you're sitting there and they're checking and there's foils and there's colors and there's so many and you're looking at stuff and it always, and, and this is what I said when we started too, like it always looks good. I'm never like, ugh, this is horrendous. What happened? This is nothing close, right? It's always close. It's always in the direction of, but I think there's sort of that expectation factor for me that was really important to learn about, which was like, oh, and, 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 and the idea that, no one really said, literally said to me, like, your hair is like eating this product, like it's a snack, right? Like, that was something <laughs> that I think other stylists, and I particularly remember the person who did that red, um, one of the times I was there, she said something, something to the effect of like, wow, sometimes the more I do, it looks like the less I've done, right? Like, that was like the first experience I had where someone had said to me, oh, like, there's something unique about this situation for you. (laughs) And then it wasn't like, I was just going to look boring, um, you know, and what I really, you know, was, was hoping for was never going to happen. And I think that that was the first time I sort of realized there was something unique about the way that I was kind of going through this process um, as a person who has like very, a lot of hair, it's generally pretty thick. Um, But yeah, I think it was, I didn't even realize that. Like when I was looking at other people, I'm like, why does their hair look so, so bright like the sun? How are they getting (laughs) such a big result? Um, You know, and especially for someone like me who has a sister who's like relatively very similar in age and she's been able to do a lot of transformations. Um, You know, and I think I just, I didn't know, you know, I didn't really know what was, was going on and not that it's like a handicap in that way where like, I couldn't know, I just didn't, you know, and I spent a lot of time a lot of foils, a lot of money, (laughs) right? Sort of looking for the thing. Um, 
or the non thing, right? Because I'm still not even really sure sometimes when I sit down what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, for sure. And I think that that explanation that you share is, is definitely helpful, right? Because I would have loved for someone to say many stylists ago, like, oh, this is the type of hair that you have. And you know what? I can be an expert about that in this way. Let me explain to you why sometimes even when you're styling it, it doesn't feel like there's that much of an impact, right? Like sort of that piece for me. Um, and maybe that's because I never went back enough. Maybe that was a full therapy moment for me, right? I didn't give them the chance to do that. Yeah, that could be be very possible Um, because truly, if you sat down in my chair and I was doing your hair for the first time, I would be like, oh, she has a lot of hair. I need to do like a lot of work. And I would treat your hair like an average head of thick hair. But I don't think it would be until after one or two times of doing your hair, I would figure out what I had to do to get it to be impactful because it's not the typical head of hair that sits in my chair. Right. Um, and I think for you, it sounds like there was like a big disconnect between what you were expecting, what you were seeing done on you, and then also how you were seeing other people leave the salon. Yeah. Like you said, like everybody else seems to have hair that's bright like the sun. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you're like all done yeah. and they like blow you out and turn you around and you're like, I'm I look just, like myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm just myself. Like this is who I woke up looking yeah. like. Yeah, um, very much. Yeah, so very I can much. imagine like how annoying that would be. <laughs> You're but like, why am I me? <laughs> why do I just keep looking like myself? Well, <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes it's hard because like, in that moment, or like look at the back, like, you know, when they hand you the mirrors and you're sort of sitting in the salon and like that person has worked super hard and they did deliver, right? But it's, it was almost hard in a lot of cases to not be disappointed because of exactly all the things you just said, like the time and the money and the, and the, and, and sort of looking what other people are leaving with and sort of knowing what other people are in my world were doing with their hair, um, you know, and, and um, not being mad. They did good. It was a cut. It was, you know, the color was updated. It was shorter when I asked it to be shorter. It was bright, it was brighter when I asked for it to be brighter, but um, you know, it was, it was annoying is a good word for it sometimes, but it was sort of not knowing where that responsibility lied in a way, which might be a weird way to say that, but like whether it was something that I was doing or that it wasn't that I was asking for the right thing or that they weren't translating what I was doing because they weren't the right person for me. I felt like it took a minute to kind of understand what that answer was. Um, but yeah, it was, I feel like I left a lot of times thinking of the charge on my card you know, and going like, oh, okay, do I feel like that amount, do I feel like that amount of bucks right now walking out of the salon? Um, you know, and sort of like, you know, my husband sometimes picking up from the salon or me getting home and him saying like, oh, you look, you look really nice. And then like looking to see like what's different about it. Is it that it's clean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I do have three children. So that's a big one. Brushed it. No knots in the back, um, <laughs> hiding in my mom bun. So I do want to talk a little bit about like the sticker shock yeah. situation in relation to this, because I think, I mean, I've had sticker shock like while I'm shopping, you know, like you're doing the math in your head and you're like, why is that that much money? Yeah. Or just things in general, we've all had it, but I think we all have it for different reasons. And I think your sticker shock is interesting because you're you're saying you saw the work, you appreciated yep. the work. It wasn't that it was bad. Like you're saying all of these things so like you understand that there's a worth there. Yeah. But like you were walking out without the value that you were paying for. Yeah, in some way, which is kind of a disconnect. And I think that that was always such a such an interesting moment because sometimes going off and my hair being like sometimes hundreds of dollars, right? Um, and we're in New York, right? So you're working with a great stylist. They're doing color. They're doing a cut. They're doing, right? All of that is going to plus, 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 right? Yeah. It was a very weird experience because um, I, I don't feel like I was thinking they did me wrong and that I didn't think it was worth that amount of money. Um, that their hard work or, um, 
you know, the time that I spent, um, it just was always sort of like tempered with a little disappointment and then sort of saying like, well, if this is what it costs to get to this point, you know, and then, and feeling almost more like, how, how, it's gotta be me asking for the wrong thing or like, that maybe that's where phrases like bright, bright with the sun. Like, I don't want to just be brighter. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe I'm not being clear. I want to be as bright as the sun is because maybe it was my lack of ability to communicate, right? Like what, what was I missing? Um, yeah. But then when you're going up and you're paying hundreds of dollars and you're, um, it was, it's tough. And then there's also maintenance, right? Which I'm historically very not good at. So like, here's the right shampoos for you to buy. Here's, um, products. And then sometimes, leaving feeling like, okay, now I have the right shampoo. This is going to be different. I'm going to get there, but then also maybe not even getting the right products because I also don't know what to ask for. I, I heard you describe my hair and that was like, oh yeah, that is the color of my hair. Me, I'm like, I don't know, blondish, right? So like not knowing, like I'm not that good at blowing out my hair, but like, what do I need for that? I just watched you do it and it was right. The style was like, oh, that was gorgeous. I can't replicate that at home. Um, so sort of hoping that they would sort of give me the magic. I remember asking somebody once, like, how did you blow out my bangs? Because that was an era of bangs for me. I've done it. I, yeah, I admit. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I literally said to her, like, this might be a silly question because I'm like allegedly an adult, but like, how do I blow dry my bangs? You just did something I've never seen a person do before. And she sort of like smirked at me like that was endearing, which I appreciated. But I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. Blow drying bangs is something that almost no one knows how to do. So just so you know, she probably okay, shouldn't have smirked. You. She probably said, oh, <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> it's been, a, because I just, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just, I just, I don't know. It's like, maybe I don't understand how any of this works. And I do, I'm, I'm admittedly a person who's extremely low maintenance. It's like dry, having my hair air dry and throwing it up in a bun is like a, a generally rel- like normal routine for me. Um, so, you know, when I would go to work, I had like long commutes and I would sort of be like running out of my, um, my apartment, um, just hoping that it didn't look like precisely right. A disheveled mess. I feel like that's a pretty good, you know, baseline that sometimes I grapple with. Um, you know, that was sort of what I was hoping for was sort of like, oh no, well, if you use this product, you know, it can kind of like some, I don't know. And again, and and I have to sort of take the the space to say like some things I'm not an expert in and I may have very weirdly phrased those questions. Um, But what I appreciate, right, especially now in my experience is like, is is the question like, are you asking about, are you asking about this? And are you asking, and I feel braver now for sure to ask the questions. I feel like that's a new experience that I have. Um, And saying things like, listen, you're going to get me saying weird stuff like bright like the sun. Are you the person? who understands what I mean by bright by the sun. And I will know that you are my next stylist when I say like, is there something about angling my hair and will it be bright like the sun? And also, can you make it purple, but then also still blonde at the same time go? And that's, um, you know, like every lid has a pot, you know, like there's going to be a person. (laughs) Every lid has a pot. Uh, every pot has a lid. Every pot has a and, lid. Uh, and I feel like I spent a lot of time talking about how like finding the right stylist is a lot like dating. Like you literally just yes. said that your stylist history is like a, a bad dating history mm-hmm. and like finding the right person and someone understanding your language. And I feel like that does kind of bring us to your current stylist situation because you were talking about how somehow yeah. she gets it that yes. when you want to feel different, she makes you feel different without mm-hmm. like, you know, changing every single thing. And what you just yes. said about being blonde, but also being purple and whatever, I kind of, I want you to talk about like those things, like your current situation. Yeah. So obviously you're in a better place. <laughs> I also like how <laughs> this feeling. whole thing is like a little therapeutic for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, that that's where, of course, anytime I'm going to do something, it's going to be therapeutic. That's just how it has to be <laughs> every path, every path that we go down. Um, yeah, so, so, so I think it's a great point. So to my current situation, I think right now my current stylist understands sort of the, the basic way that my hair is going to look, right? So like that's always a good piece of, of our, our romance, right? Because now this is a dating, a dating story. Um, and I think being able to do things and what she's been able to bring to the table are things that are sort of like temporary and and or 
um, dramatic in the right ways, but also low maintenance. And I felt like that was never going to be a combination that I could find. And I think being able to say like, I want to be really bright blonde. I've been doing it for a couple of sessions, but I'm also in this like really restless place and I really want to be pink, right? Or I really want to be purple. And her saying like, oh, that's not silly at all. I actually can do like a glaze and then that's going to wash out and then you're going to be blonde. Um, it almost felt a little like a magic trick because I was like, oh, then I get to actually do all of those things. And I don't have to commit to something that I don't know that I love, which of course has been an issue for me because I'm always afraid to commit. Because I'm not sure I'm asking for the right things, but also like the ability to, to do something like frame my face differently, right? Brighter in the front, like places where the impact is going to show. And I think that that's what I'm always most satisfied by. And I feel like that's the translation that we've come to. And it's been really healing and soothing for me as a person on my journey, right? Like to be able to say like, <laughs> I want something different. I want it to be brighter. I want it to kind of like maybe temporarily be a different color or I'm not sure. I mean, I, even with, with the person that I'm working with, right? I've been red, I've been purple, I've been bright blonde. I've been a little bit darker blonde. Um, I mean, those are all things that have been great, but we also haven't had to go backwards and redo everything. I haven't had to go back and be like, okay, now we're starting again from scratch um, because, you know, there, it's also low maintenance and, it's, and, and things grow out beautifully. And I'm able to sort of say like, oh, wow, how long has it been since I've been there? And it doesn't feel like I have to start back at the beginning, which um, is nice. So I feel like that's the right place for me. Um, and, and I really enjoy the ability to have that flexibility. And for me, um, finding things like the sticker shock, listen, the price isn't different. Let's be real New York stylists, right? But, um, it's a very different experience. And I walk out now, I don't always, I don't have that experience of saying like, oh, I wish I would have said it different or, oh, I wish, um, whatever the wish would have been. I feel disappointed or whatever the case is. I, I haven't really had to to walk away in that way um so it's it's great it's peaceful we're in like a committed so yeah i think it's i think it's it's nice it's a nice feeling and i actually really enjoy probably for the first time right i'm in my mid-30s now which feels a little bit weird to say but i feel like it's the first time that i like am enjoying i'm like investing in my you know my like self-care hair experience and that's been really fun and rewarding that's great and like speaking on the low maintenance aspect of it, I think it's great when people can have a low maintenance look and it grows out and wears so well that yeah. like when they find themselves calling the salon to get their hair done, it's not because they have to, but it's because like they got a little bored and it's time for a change and they're like, oh wait, has it been six months? It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, it's time to get my hair done, which is also good because I love when people like, have regular maintenance and things like that. But when that doesn't fit the lifestyle, like you with, right. you know, three small children yeah. um, and a crazy life, you can't always be on top of it. Like you can't be like every three months, I'm going to get this done because I never want to look any different. Yeah. You're just going to let time go by and then be like, I'm feeling a little bored. Oh, is it time to get my hair done? <laughs> and that's, like, that's really yeah. cool. And then the fact that you can look forward to it and not dread it and not be like, I'm going to walk in and ask for something different they're not going to know what I'm talking about. You know that you can turn to your stylist and say, I need something different. And like, you'll just walk out feeling different, whether yeah. the conversation proceeds or not, right? Like that's all you have to say. And you know, you'll get something that you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, it's really, it's really affirming. And I think it makes the time spent really like mine. Um, and it's not uncomfortable and it sort of allows the ability. It didn't ever occur to me prior, like how important it was to develop the relationship and how important it was to kind of go back and say, like, I wasn't happy. And I know, and I know that part of the reason I was struggling to do that so many times is because it wasn't obvious to me that like they had put the wrong color or they did something wrong where they like, they cut it too short or didn't cut it short enough or I asked to be blonde and I left being a brunette. It was like, they did what I said, <laughs> doing what I was saying. Um, so it was hard to go back and say like, I wasn't happy because, well, 
they sort of gave me what I asked for. Um, and, and I think that that, uh, you know, it's hard and I'm definitely, I'm definitely the low maintenance that you described. And I think what's nice about when I do have, um, my hair grow in and I, I can see that it, there's a nice blending and there's no sort of stress to get there. Like that's important. I always also felt like, like the story that I told about being red, like I always felt like once I realized what it was going to take to maintain that, I was like, I can't, I can't afford it or I can't commit to it or I just don't see that fitting in my schedule. So then it felt kind of disappointing because I did love it, but then realizing over time what I would have to do to do it and do it again successfully, I was like, ugh, forget it. That's just like, <laughs> I have enough, I have enough things to do. Um, but um, for, for people who are able to do that, it's, fantastic. I just know my limits. And that's just the place where I've always been in my, the maintenance of my hair. Um, I love when it's done. I can kind of go for a longer stretch in between. Um, and that's also fine. But then there are times where I go more frequently and then other times when I don't. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, given me some um, excitement sort of back to my routine, I think is a good way to say it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. I mean, it sucks that it took this long, but, uh, and also I think what you said before realizing that like the relationship you have with your stylist is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the connection, right? So I'm sure you went to many lovely people that you enjoyed yeah. spending your time with and you had good conversation and people that you probably could have seen again and had a good time with. Um, but it's funny to me that you, didn't put that together that, oh, I connected with this person and what they did wasn't bad. So maybe I should go back and have <laughs> like, <laughs> and give them a chance to learn my hair. Someone yeah. had said a client, not a stylist, that she believes that it takes people two to three times to learn her hair. And I thought that was generous, you know, because I've definitely been in the position where I've done someone's hair one time and I'm supposed to like hit it right on the head. And I'm sure many times I do. But like, if someone's only giving me one chance, yeah, I don't know their hair. I know hair, yeah. right? But I don't know their hair. Like everybody has a little something like the cowlick that's in the front or like, you know, right. maybe they're on like medication and their color took differently than I was expecting because I didn't ask and they didn't tell me and maybe that's my fault, right? But like, oh, now I know. So next time I can, I can handle it better. So- mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there are some learning lessons here, right? Not for you, because you've already learned them. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm but sure still. there's more for you to learn. <laughs> um, Undoubtedly. Like, you know, some of the lessons here are like, I guess, you can't always learn to communicate better. And like, that's not really on you, right? But like, um, you know, to attempt to communicate better, to give people more than one chance, not if you hated them, right? Because like, if you went on a bad date with somebody... And like you didn't like them as a person, you yeah, should don't not go, go back. back out with them. No. But like if they were nice and like maybe, maybe like the restaurant was weird and you didn't like your meal, you're not gonna like blame that on the person. <laughs> totally. Right? So yeah. <laughs> so like lesson to be learned is like give people more than one chance as long as it wasn't terrible. And um yeah. you know, I have another question. Any of those yeah. situations where you had the sticker shock. Would that have been less shocking if the price was discussed with you upfront? Was it ever discussed with you upfront before the service no. started? I don't think ever. So how would it have felt to you if during the consultation before they began, they said, you know, they gave you a price range, let's say, because I give price ranges. So right. let's say they were like, okay, today's service is going to be anywhere between like three and three fifty. Mm-hmm. And then you still walked out with yeah. that end result of like not feeling super different, but before you mm-hmm. got started, you knew what to expect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because my first thought was probably like, well, then I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have just been like, mm, okay, just give me a trim. Um, <laughs> you, you'd be like, how much is it for one foil? Just one of How much is it for just to cut this one hair that's too long? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that number one for me in general, as like a person who who doesn't, who didn't really do a lot of, of kind of like salon male, like it just, it didn't really ever occur to me. And I think the first time I remember walking up and them saying something like 300 and something, something. And then also there was the shampoo that we talked about, plus, 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 plus. Um, 
much. <laughs> I remember wanting to cry a little bit. No, um, I, I mean, I think it would be different because I think maybe the experience of knowing that's what I was going to pay ahead of time in that situation. Uh, it, it could have been a motivator for me to be like, listen, like, here's, here's really, here's really the challenge for me. Or like, here's what this one person who I think was the only, like, I think maybe the experience was, and I can't speak for these people. Right. But that person who had done that red color for you, she was the first person, like I said before, whoever said like, your hair, like weirdly, is just like, the more I'm doing, like, I just like, so she, I don't know, maybe we don't say those kind of things because she didn't want me to be like, wow, you did a bad job. But it was actually like a really nice moment to join with her because I felt like I was like, oh yeah, that's literally the same thing that keeps happening. It was the first time there was sort of a neon problem, but you know, that would have been worth that in total, like that whole price. I would have paid that to to think about the ability to like move out of getting stuck in that cycle. Um, I think it probably would have been a motivator. If someone was like, great, like you want this color and this cut, like this is my pricing, this is how long it's going to take. Um, I think it also would help. It might've helped me to sort of manage my expectation, you know, too, you know, uh, and, and maybe be able to, I think I'm, it was a social worker word I was going to say, which is like advocate. Cause it's not really a situation where you're advocating, right? It was more like be able to clarify you know, some of the things that I was sort of assuming maybe that people just sort of knew certain things or whatever the case was, but yeah, for sure. Um, and it's hard. I think it's hard to leave anywhere paying between 300 and $350 and feeling like, not like it was a home run for whatever reason that is. Um, but yeah, I think it probably would have scared me. Um, and, <laughs> and then maybe motivated me. Sure. Yeah, like you would have come to question. terms with it. Um, I would have said a prayer. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me just cancel those bills that I was paying. Um, let me just let, let my electric go off. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, you're sitting in someone's chair. They say, this is, you know, okay, after we've discussed, this is what it's going to be today. Would you have at any point have turned around? I guess it depends on how comfortable you, you were with the person. But would you have been like, oh, well, then in that case – let's discuss a little bit more and really make sure that we're honest. Yeah. yeah? Totally. Like that, that would have made it motivated you to have like a more, um, a clearer picture of what you were asking for and they were, what they were about to give yeah. you for that money. Yeah. Because I think when you're not sure, and I think that that's been my experience sometimes going to salons is like, you can read, and, and it depends on how salons sort of show their, their pricing. Cause I've never been somewhere where I haven't been able to see it, like maybe on a board or like on the salon site, but I don't know. <laughs> And again, part of my struggle and maybe other people could relate to it, but like, I don't know, like the person that I'm seeing and like that times that and what this is versus, you know, like full head, partial highlight body, right? Like sometimes I could do what I thought was the quick math, but learning that in hindsight, when I'd go up to pay, like, no, you did not do it correctly. Um, you know, I think that when you're not sure what you're paying, right, that also sometimes was for me at least was a challenge because again, like it also added a layer of anxiety in my experience sitting in the chair because, you know, you never, sometimes I, I didn't know, especially very early on, like what was like an upsell, like, you know, like what was something, something that was something someone was recommending something that I needed. Was it something that was sort of like an add on? Was it something that, right. So like that's part of that lack of knowledge for me, I think really impacted also some of my perception, but yeah, I would, I think that, that for sure being in that position, there would have been a part of me that felt more strongly to say like, okay, this is where we are. (laughs) Sort of where I feel like we need to get, um, you know, and, and, uh, in some of those experiences, uh, you know, leaving after paying something like that amount of money and saying like, "Mm, I guess it's okay. Um, you know, definitely not feeling motivated to go back, um, and have that same experience over and over again. But yeah, I think, I think that there's something interesting about it. Um, because I would say more often than not what I've paid when I've gone to leave has generally been a surprise for me most places that I've gone yeah and that's super interesting um you know as stylists this I think this is pretty common in the industry and it's something that we talk about in the salon that I work at and I've seen it discussed like on Instagram and you know all the things we most of us are not comfortable discussing money it's so funny because we're offering a service and you're going to give us your dollars for it And we know we're worth it. Well, most of us, 
whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, sure. we know the time that we're putting into it, our education, that it's going to come out beautiful. You know, we know most of those things, but like, I, okay, I would never check my own client out. Like, I don't want to be there <laughs> That's interesting, when the exchange That's really is interesting. going down. Now, yep. you know, we have a system where I work that, especially the first time you're doing a client, you're filling out a consultation form, you're asking them questions. And at the end of it, you're supposed to give them a price range. Doing it in that order has actually given me a lot of confidence to tell them before we get started. And I always give a range because this is what I was going to say about your hair. I guarantee you that even though you looked at the menu and you saw all those things, where things weren't adding up was probably that they needed extra time and extra products on your hair and you were charged for it. Because anybody in their right mind would be charging you more because you have so much hair. It's It's not the same as the person sitting next to you. It's not even fair for you guys to pay the same amount. So, you know, I always give the range and that definitely made me feel more confident, but it's so interesting because I guess in like a subconscious way, like we know we're worth it. We know the time, you know, all the things that we're putting into it, but it's also like standing there, like batting your eyelashes going, what do you think? Am I worth it? Like, will you pay that for me? It's just so weird. But with that said, I think that's why this conversation is kind of really important because you're saying that it would have changed the game. And also I want to say like, as your friend, I don't see you as someone who is cheap, right? Like I want to, I want to make clarification for anybody who may be listening. Like this isn't coming from a place of cat being like, I will only pay for a service if it's $100. It's not about that. It's just Mm-mm. about like, I can imagine the anxiety sitting in the chair, like you just said, like yeah. they just asked you if you wanted to do X, Y, Z. Okay. How much is that going to cost me? How much is my hair costing me to begin with? What am I spending right now? Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's interesting because what you said about my hair, like how important that moment is for me in a consult for someone to say like, you know, and as part of pricing, like maybe you've looked and da da da. I just touched your hair, right? And here's what's going to be different for you. That's to me a moment where I'm like, oh, like that more product, more time. Again, the ability for me to set a realistic expectation with you rather than maybe feeling sort of like that was a secret, right? Or like leaving with what I said before, which is like thinking I'm really bad at math, which is also (laughs) true in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. And I don't, I, I think in the experience of being in a place, especially a salon where I'm coming because I want and I'm willing to pay what somebody's services right? What they're charging because I really want to have that experience. I want to be with someone who's an expert and I want to sit there. I never go in, right? I'm never going in and going like, I want this to be $27, right? Like that's not the experience (laughs) I'm having. But sometimes when you don't really think about it and then you go up and you say like 425, right? And you kind of try to do like, you're like, okay, here's my card. And you're trying to figure out in your head, like that's, that's hard. And I would love the moment. Listen, would it be like maybe hard to hear the first time? Like when that woman said to me after she did my hair, like, um, I feel like the more I did, like the more it looks like I didn't do. But like, to me, that's almost like a little bit liberating because I can say like, oh, I am the kind of person who maybe they even need to block off more time for me in their calendar now that you know that, right? So my stylist isn't running in a circle because I've been in her chair for six hours and she wasn't expecting me to be there that long. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that the conversation about money in general is hard. I think it's difficult for people to talk about their worth. Um, in any setting. And I think I am at, or I imagine from your perspective, sort of like, okay, go check out in the front. <laughs> See you later. Like, love you. It's like, daddy is the bathroom. Bye. Money to my next person. It's hard because the, the, we never, I don't think as humans, we ever want someone to say like, oh, this wasn't worth it. Or like, maybe like that feels to me like me saying it wasn't good enough or whatever the case is. Um, but I think sometimes there's an honesty about money that we want to have in any field that we work in um, that is hard to get to. And, and, and when I go to, and I can only speak from a parallel process because I'm a social worker, right? I, I have practice where I have to talk about my worth to other people too, right? When they maybe have been privately paying me as a therapist and I have to say like, oh, this is what I charge, right? But, but being, able, <laughs> being able to like say that and have it not come back in a way that feels like people People are like, no, there's, there's just no way that's going to happen. That's hard. It's a hard conversation. And, and, and I imagine for anybody having to talk about that in whatever industry, set a price, know that it's, listen, there's always going to be naysayers here and there about 
anything, right? Like I've seen people complain about the price of, you know, basics or necessities or things that we need. And that's just, you know, some of the reality of the world that we live in. Some people are not able to afford certain things. We get that. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that it's an important moment to be able to talk through that with someone because, um, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think I've ever had a conversation in the chair about money. And it usually is that experience of going up and saying like, oh, here's the total. Um, you know, okay, you know, I'm here. What am I going to say? No, take the color out of my yeah. hair. I'm not paying that much. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> undo it. I think that's like the, back on. the importance of the transparency is that the service is already done. You know, um, mm -hmm. when you're at a restaurant and it says how much the thing is next to it, right? you're agreeing to it. And then the bill comes and you're like, oh, wow, I'm bad at math. I didn't realize it was going to be this much money. Like what yes. you said, you're right. Mm -hmm. But like you're sitting in someone's chair and you don't even, mm -hmm. you, you don't even know. You're like, is this $100, 200, 300, 400? Right. Am I paying a thousand? What do I even have the money to pay for this? Right. So. Right. And then I think when you people, think about the in-between, right, like I, I want to do this other thing and it costs as much money or like, your hair took extra long, right? It's not a punishment because you have long hair, or you have thick hair, or you have something, but just so you know, here's tra like transparency about a fee that you're accruing. That can be uncomfortable, right? Because people, <laughs> people don't want to talk about that yeah. when you're in the middle of something and you have to say to them like, oh, here's a price adjustment about something that maybe you feel like you have no control over. And when you said it before, it makes a lot of sense. Like, oh yeah, more product, more time equals more cost. But for me, having no like eyesight into that conversation and no experience with it, I would be like, well, excuse me, this is what the Lord gave me. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, um, but now over time, right, that makes sense to me. But you know what? Honestly, even until you said it right now, like that, I know that that's been happening, but I actually never even made that connection. Yeah. You know, that's a real thing. And that's, yeah. you know, that's somebody's time, mine, yours, the style, right, whoever it is. Yeah. And yeah. there are clients who come into the salon very budget conscious. Conscious. I can never say mm -hmm. that. Word. I should just try not to say that word out loud. Um, conscious. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. So uh, <laughs> um, there are those people and they come in and they're asking yeah. a lot of questions. Oh, well, how much is this? How much is that? What is the difference? What is the time difference? You know, um, or yeah. I don't any extra. So don't give me any special thing. You know, like there are those people. Yeah. So sometimes they seem very pushy, but it's for a reason, right? And it's almost, yeah. like, I think, because they went somewhere else that charged them for a lot of things and they didn't understand. Yeah. And they don't want to go through that again, or mm -hmm. they're just on a budget, right? That's responsible yeah. too. Um, and I've been there and I've been in all of these different places. And I think that that's part of the sticker shock challenge, right? Where where you maybe either go in expecting to pay a certain amount or it's not very easy, but it's hard to, right? Like to say to someone like, and that, and that, and that, sometimes it could feel like for me, from my perspective, being like, maybe I'm being annoying or that that's like an inappropriate thing to ask or do people not talk about that here? Um, there's sort of sometimes a veil about it and, and not just in all kinds of industries, but I think in particular, um, you know, in some of the experiences that I've directly had where that is it, or maybe when I was, um, in my early 20s or a brand new professional who, you know, and my budget was extremely different or I really didn't know what I was saying when they were like, oh, do you want like a partial or a full? Like that to me, um, the first time someone asking me that, I don't know the difference in the pricing of that when I'm asking that question or when I'm answering that question rather. Um, the difference between like, you know, I'm not even going to pretend like I know all the different words. I was going to try to make another parallel, but it was going to be clunky. So I just pulled out of that expression. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's hard when someone is saying this or this and when it has been a surprise at the end and then being able to sort of, you know, understand um, what your budget is. And, and there's, I think in my experience, having done this for many years, like there is an experience for every budget and, and, and I've left feeling like I was getting mostly what I, what I was asking for, of course, my unique situation aside in very different budgets, right? Like looking where I'm going, but I think people also have to be able to ask those questions and feel like it's okay to ask those questions sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, like, is this going to cost more? Or like, what was the difference between X plus X and how did we get to this other number? Um, yeah. 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 Budget's important. And I think yeah. that it's definitely more important when people are, um, you know, there just isn't the wiggle room and to be hit with a bill that's high when maybe you haven't considered the extra costs, um, for whatever reason, 
um, yeah, you want to, you know, I think everyone wants to feel like the stylist is feeling like they're getting, um, you know, compensated appropriately for their time and, and, and all the other things that we've said, right. That, um, clients want to make sure that they're feeling heard, that they're getting what they need. And then, you know, that really money is the, what's floating the boat. You know, it's hard to, it's uncomfortable always to talk about money. Yeah. I think in some situations. Yeah, it really is. It's like even just how people don't discuss their their incomes or their financial situations or how much they paid for mm-hmm. the thing that they're wearing or, you know, and yeah. I think we definitely live in a society where we're really proud when we spend very little money, right? So someone's like, oh, I love your coat. And you're like, thanks, TJ Maxx, 12 bucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to be like, I like your boots. And you're going to be like, thank you. They were $450. Like, that's just not something that we, no. gener- I mean- the people that I know. That's not something that we... I was going to say, I don't know, maybe not my people. Um, I know. And I personally, because it's related, I want to throw in two stories that I was weirdly affected by price Mm. um, because clearly I'm not going uh, to a hair salon and getting my hair done um, in any astonishing way. Uh, So I'm not a a client, right? Look, I've actually said about this podcast, there are two people in the world, people who do hair and people who get their hair done. I'm not, I'm not on the opposite spectrum, but there are a few situations where I've had the opportunity to pay for a service. And over the summer, I started getting my nails done. I've been getting powder gel. They talked me into it. It lasts a really long time. I love it because I was getting gel and it was lasting me like four minutes. Mm-hmm. So powder gel, I can go three weeks. I hate getting my nails done. I don't want to go more frequently. It's not about the money for me. I just, I'm paying for longevity. So a few weeks ago I went and I was looking through the colors and I was like, I'm kind of liking this metallic blue. Like, I don't know who I think I am because I'm very much like a nude nail. Yes. Girl. I was like, I'm going to get this. Caught your eye. Blue yeah. That's like so shiny that I can see my reflection in it. That is so cool. So I tell them what I want and, and you know, they're, we don't speak the same language there, but they were like $10 extra. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for letting me know. I'll take it. Thank you. Like, they were almost like scared to tell me like, oh, she's not going to want yeah. this store. And I was like, no, totally. I'll take it. Then the whole thing was like a weird experience because the girl doing my nails, like didn't know how to do it and had to pull someone else over. I was there for so long that day with them trying to figure out how to do this thing. And I almost wanted to be like, forget it. Just give me a different color. Right. It's totally fine. And I was like, eh, I'm committed. Whatever. So they do my nails and it was like this weird extra coating. It literally looked like eyeshadow that they were painting on my nails and then they put this oh, other thing yeah. on it and it just got like really shiny and really metallic. And I was like, this is cool. Five days later, I was, I was off of work. Like my hands weren't even in water. It peeled. Like mm. all my nails started peeling and I was like, no, this is supposed to last me three weeks. And there was a moment where I considered going back and being like, I paid a little extra for this. My nails are peeling. Can you just repaint my nails in something else? And like, I'll come back in two weeks. And I didn't go back because like time and whatever. And because I hate going, <laughs> but that was like a weird thing. I know it's only $10. And I'm not even mad about the $10, but like if I knew that it wasn't going to last me as long as it normally does, I definitely wouldn't have paid the extra. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, that's like one weird price situation for me because it's like I'm paying extra for low maintenance and now I just paid even more for more maintenance. So I ended yeah. up going back two weeks later instead of three because I like couldn't be at work with like weird chips nails. It was peeling off, but they had painted my nails black first, which was obviously my favorite. So like when it peels, the black was showing and it was like, fine. But I feel like people are like kind of looking at my hands sometimes. And I felt a little embarrassed and I went and I went back earlier and I took care of it. Um, yeah. That's the one weird price situation I found myself in. And then another one was when I was um, pregnant this last time and I had gone for a prenatal massage and I called, I went to make an appointment online. It was a place I've never been to. And they have like a deal. Like if you're a first time person. Yeah. And online, I couldn't book it because if I booked the prenatal, it wasn't giving me the special price. And I was like, whatever, I'll call them. So I called them and I was like, I'm a first time client. Um, I get the deal right. They were like, yeah, I was like, okay, great. I want to book a prenatal. I mean, I was pregnant. I had no choice. It had to be prenatal. Right. right. Like, it's not like, 
like how you were saying, like your hair is long. You're not like requesting for them to spend extra time. They just right. have just to. Like, my condition was pregnant. So it had to be prenatal. So I said to them, okay, so, um, so what is that going to be after like your little discount thing or whatever? And they told me. So I go, I get the massage. It was one of the best prenatal massages I ever had. They didn't do anything different. It was just like the person doing it was so good. And I left feeling so relaxed. And I was like in my dreamy state. And I went up to the desk and it was like the most money I've ever paid for a massage. And I was like, oh, I thought, I was like, is that with the discount? And they were like, oh no, you don't get that off of prenatals. And I was like, but it's my first time here. Uh... And they were like, yeah, but like you don't get it. And I was like, okay, I wasn't going to fight about it because it was great. It was lovely. I, I was relaxed. My body felt like jello. All the good things. But like being able to have the ability to be prepared for that yes, is really the conversation, exactly. right? Like the reason we're asking about pricing or people are asking about pricing when they're budget, budget conscious or even just when they want to be aware, right, is so they can say yes or no based on the information and not that yes or no one is better than the other. But like if you didn't have the 10 extra dollars in your budget to do that color, Right, then you could have said like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I'll let me pick another color. And would you have probably also still paid for the prenatal massage? Um, I would think maybe yes. But if, if it was out of your budget, then without the discount, maybe you would have gone somewhere else, right? So yeah. like being able to make informed decisions, I think is an important part of any industry. Um, and, and I think those are two really great examples, right? Similar to what I shared about going up and handing my card over and pretending not to cry, right? Like that, <laughs> that those are the moments where like, you just want to know, like I, I would have, maybe I could have made a different decision. Maybe I would have, um, when I, when I, there were times where I was being really especially conscious of my budget. Um, but I think people have the right to know ultimately what they're going to come into and it sucks to be misinformed or like I called and they told me, what are they going to do? Unmassage you? Like you've already then had the service. <laughs> And it feels a little gimmicky sometimes too, because it's like, well, I called and they said, yes. And then you got yeah. me in there and now you're saying no, and now I can't unhave the massage. Mm-hmm. So now what am I going to do? Stand here and fight with you about it. It's a really, it's, it feels very like helpless sometimes mm-hmm. because you're sort of stuck in a situation. I can't say like, un- okay, take the color out of my hair. I didn't know that was extra or like <laughs> go massage me or take the nail polish off. Um, and I think in most cases, people want to be able to make informed decisions. And I think that that's an important part of building trust, right? And like having people understand like how they can manage their A, money, but B, expectations about what's going to happen. Like, oh, it's $10, but it also, it doesn't last as long, right? So like that's, maybe they didn't know, maybe they were struggling because it sounded like they brought someone over. Maybe they yeah. just didn't execute it correctly. I don't know. Um, but like I they think watched that, a YouTube video in the back room and came out and finished my nails. an A for effort. I'll give it to them. Um, I think that that's hard. And I think it's hard, especially when you're talking about higher priced items, whether they're, you know, um, you know, there's like a secret service tax on something that's higher priced or like whatever it is, right? Whether it's your hair or your nails or you know, you talk about like buying an expensive piece of clothing. Like, you know, a lot of times people don't put, it's harder to find the price of items sometimes in higher cost places. That's just, right? There's sometimes like kind of a taboo about talking about money where things are more expensive. And I think as I transitioned into a place where I was going from, you know, like, of the salon that where the lady cut my hair when I was a kid and she's lovely. Right. But they were not charging what I was paying when I was getting my hair done in Brooklyn. Right. Like right. that, that change for me was important to be able to say like, listen, I could get a haircut every three months if I'm going to the first place, but I can only go once or twice a year. Right. And then also having that conversation with my stylist, is it because I'm just low maintenance and I'm not coming in or like I can't afford the upkeep of this particular style. And that's significant to me because like, if you're going to tell me like the blue nail polish, I have to come more and it's more expensive. And I might say like, oh, well, is there another way to achieve this result? Do you have any other shiny colors where <laughs> that's not the case? Or like, can you do something different with my root? And then for that person, right? Like I imagine for you as the stylist, if I said that to you, could it help you change your plan? So we're both getting what we want. Um, I imagine that makes more people happy, right? Isn't that yep. ultimately the goal? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. enlightening. I feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> Same, very much. And you, and you healed some of my trauma. So I appreciate oh. that. Well, you're welcome. That will be a copay of 
Nine $9,000. <laughs> $1 million, please. Perfect. I'll write you a check. Not a problem. <laughs> so I want to end with three questions. Okay. Everybody. The first and most important question is, how do you take your coffee? I, I like myself a hot mocha latte. Ooh. That sounds great right now. It is great. It's not great for Weight Watchers points. That's what I'm learning, but it's great. But it's great for things tasting like adult hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. With the adult caffeine that we need. Yep. That's my current go-to indulgence. Love that. Uh, My next question is, off the top of your head, can you name your worst salon experience? Oh, yeah. I can. I have to protect the identities of all involved. So <laughs> I think I think the long and short of it was the person who I was who was working with me was very obviously not interested in being there. Like just maybe she wanted to eat a sandwich, maybe like I don't know. <laughs> just like felt very much like I was the booby prize, right? Like she wanted to be doing anything except what she was doing. And the hard part about it was she didn't even necessarily say that. It was just the way that she was interacting with me that made that very clear. Like washing my hair, like I ran over her cat with my car. Like, I don't even know. It was so, I felt like I was so, like I was in her way. Did you ever know? Like you, like somebody, like you can tell that you're bothering somebody. That's literally what it felt like. So like she hit me in the head with a shampoo bottle. She was like, like really like going at my scalp. She, she's blow drying my hair like maybe like I robbed her one time like I don't even know like I just felt like the vibe was so weird and I'm generally a pretty open person and and I find that most people I don't know like I'm sure maybe people will write in and tell you this isn't true but I was gonna say most people don't have a difficult time talking to me maybe they don't love me but like I'm not like you know whatever I felt like I couldn't even get like even like small talk off the ground. It was so uncomfy. I think that had to be the worst. And it didn't even have, again, nothing to do with the quality of my hair, like 0%, but just the whole experience of like multiple hours of watching this person like be in some type of distress. And as a human, I felt bad, but as like a paying customer, like, mm, yeah, that was spicy for me. That one was tough. Like you can have your empathy, but then also realize that this is a service and you shouldn't be behaving that way. Oh, it was, yeah. yeah I was really like, <gasps> like I almost felt like I wanted to be like, what's up girl? Is it that one? Like I almost wanted to like get involved, you know, like I wanted to know <laughs> what was happening because it felt so raw. Like did somebody hurt you? Um, yeah, it didn't feel good. And then to end it on a good note. Yeah. What's your best salon experience you've ever had? Oh, do that's so it? fun. <laughs> I do. I definitely do. And I, and I feel like I've had especially more with my current stylist and I feel like there's probably a series of best moments that I think like s- sealed my, <laughs> my relationship with the person, with my stylist, because I think that there was, a, especially the moment where I, I feel like I said it a lot today and it has to probably circle full, full back to like bright as the sun. I feel like that was such a good moment for me because... <laughs> Because I think it, it really led to such an open dialogue about like, what does brightest the sun mean to you, right? Like that means multiple, that could mean different things and just brightest the sun. So to have somebody take what felt like sort of nonsense and like turn it into, right? Because it did, it felt like such a weird moment to say like, I, what I want to be is like bright like the sun. And, and that person, right? Like not skipping a beat. She was like, okay, so like bright like the sun means like one of these three things to me, like, which is the closest bright like the sun experience that you're currently looking for, right? So that probably would be, right? Like lending then itself to other things. Like I want to be purple, like, okay, but I don't really want to commit to purple, like feeling like I've said such bizarre things, but having like the translation, but I feel like bright like the sun's probably the best, the best moment. Okay. Because I did, I was bright like the sun after that. Uh, yeah, you have definitely been bright like the sun. Yeah. I can confirm that. And I feel like that's really good because you were kind of like, you for the first time felt heard and seen yeah. and understood and that someone was caring enough to elaborate and like translate what you were saying. And you were mm-hmm. like, 
yes, that's exactly what I meant. Can we do that? Everything yeah. you just said. Yeah. <laughs> this is really fun. So happy for you. Thank you. I love Thank that you. For you. <laughs> I love that for me too. I do. I do love it for me. But it's fun to talk about it because I guess not something that I think about a lot in like the context that we've talked about it. So kind of cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. I think, uh, I mean, I always think this, like I always think at the end of one of these conversations that it was like very uh, informational and very helpful, but um, I feel like sticker shock and expectations not being met or being met is like a really big topic. And I know your perspective is only one of many perspectives, but I think it's a very large part of the perspective because yeah. even if it's not someone in your exact situation with like 80 tons of hair <laughs> <laughs> paying all this money, I think regardless, it's happened to a lot of people at some point. Yeah. Or um, so thank you for being so like open and honest and, thank you. you know, all the things. My pleasure. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Kat, for your time, honesty, and your perspective into a topic that is often uncomfortable to talk about. And thank you for listening to the Coffee and Foils podcast. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. And as always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils podcast on Instagram and DM me with any questions or ideas you may have. See you next Monday.